0: And you know what happens is when you're going through something and you see it that way, if you've ever stopped and stepped back and say, you know, and you got on your knees and you cried out to God, or you went to somebody and said, hey, man, look, I'm just going through this thing. What happened? If it changed, what happened? Your perspective changed. Come on. Nothing changed in your circumstance. It's just your perspective changed. It's kind of went from this to that. Do that with me. Just stick your thumb right in front of your, your face. Don't poke yourself in the eye. Okay? Thumb's kind of big, right? In fact, close one eye and put the thumb in front of the open eye. <laughs> Don't put it in front of the closed eye. Now, now, now stick your arm out as far as you can. How big is that thumb? Not nearly as big as it was. That's what happens when you, when you go to Christ in prayer and you ask him, And you talk to him and you have a conversation about your circumstance. That's what happens is this big old problem becomes small. It's still the same problem. The problem never changed. What changed is your perspective, right? So number four, remain powerful. Watch this in verse 27. He says, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, Conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. (laughs) Paul is saying to the church that's currently living on the earth. You need to live as citizens of heaven. What does that mean? What does it mean to live as a citizen of heaven? That's what the Bible says you need to live as a citizen of heaven. In other words, you need to live like you're only here visiting. You're only here for a little while. This thing isn't permanent. It's not going to last forever. I'm a representation of God. I'm a representative from heaven. I'm here on this earth to represent Jesus on this earth, but my citizenship is in heaven. Come on. Because when I gave my life to Jesus, I got a written invitation and an and a, and a RSVP in heaven that says I now belong to heaven. I don't belong to this earth anymore. Right? So you need to live that way is what Paul said. Stop living like the world around you and start living like you're a citizen of heaven. Well, what does a citizen of heaven have? They have all the resources of the kingdom of God. Right? They have all the power and the authority to speak to the situation in front of them. To speak to the mountain and say, be moved in the name of Jesus. And to watch things happen. Right? So what's the difference? It's just knowing where you're from. Knowing who you belong to. My last name is Tyler. But I'm not a Tyler anymore. I belong to Jesus. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm, I'm God's son. Amen. The ball-headed one. Okay? I'm the only one like me. <laughs> Somebody said, praise God. <laughs> Thank God he didn't have a twin. I'm the only one like me. I'm the only one here on this earth... That can do what I've been called to do. I'm a citizen of heaven. I need to start acting like it. Right? What does that look like when you start acting like you belong to heaven? Maybe that means you don't freak out as easy as you used to. When something happens, you ah! and you're calling everybody in your Facebook in your current situation, oh God, the world's coming to an end. It wasn't nothing but an acorn fell from the tree. You need to walk with some confidence that no matter what's going on around you, you're on purpose, you're on mission. You see, when you look at Jesus, Jesus was on this planet. He was as human as you are. He was on this planet. He walked as a citizen of heaven. He lived as a citizen of heaven. He didn't let the earthly things around him affect what his heavenly calling was. Man, you're quiet this morning. Boy, I could preach a lot better. if Somebody would say amen or something. I mean, dear goodness. Maybe you need to, maybe you need to, I'm trying to preach like a citizen of heaven. Maybe you need to act like a citizen of heaven and, and respond a little bit. Thank you for that courtesy, amen. I appreciate that. (laughs) I feel better. I can always count on Dale. Remain powerful. You gotta know who you are. You gotta know who you belong to. Sometimes I look at my kids when they're when they're walking in fear and they're struggling with something, and I say, Who are you? "Hmm? I'm Ethan. Yeah, you're Ethan. Who's your daddy? No, son, Jesus is your daddy. Who do you belong to, son? Well, I belong to God. Sometimes you got to remind them of who's in their corner, right? Sometimes we need reminding of who's in our corner. We got to remind ourselves of who's living inside of me. Heard about a guy one time, he took this, he took a Bible. I'm gonna borrow your notes real quick, baby. You don't need to take any more notes. I'll give you the extended version when we get home. He took a piece of paper. I like I had hair. See that? Is that how y'all do that? I wish I was a teenager today so I could grow my hair when I still could grow hair. And i grow it nice and long and not get in trouble for it. But he took a piece of paper like this and he folded it. And he stuck it in, the, in his Bible. And he closed it. And he said this, he said, the paper represents you and the Bible represents Jesus. And you are in Jesus. You are consumed, wrapped, protected, enveloped. Come on, somebody covered full in Jesus. So where are you now? I am in Jesus, right? Right. I am in Jesus. What does that make me? A citizen of heaven. Come on. So I need to live like a citizen. Stop living like I'm out here in this world and start living like I'm really in here. It's not where you really are. It's how you think you are. Come on, somebody. It's how you think you are. You think because the devil's convinced you that you're out here. And so you're supposed to act feel, respond, and and, and attack back like this does, like the world does? When no, the Bible says, no, you're in here. You need to act like Jesus would act. You need to respond like Jesus would respond. And when somebody comes against you, you should bless you, man. When the people at work are trying to knock you off the corporate ladder, No, just know this. You know, you can knock me off the ladder all you want, but Jesus is going to pick me up and he's still going to put me at the top and he's still going to give me a platform to preach the gospel from. Right? People can knock you down, but only Jesus can pick you back up because he's got a place for you. He's got a purpose for you. He's got something he wants you to accomplish on this earth while you're here. I'm telling you, when you get this down in your spirit, when you get this, it should change something. It should change the way you see life starting now. You should start seeing your marriage different. Knowing that my marriage is, an, is, a, is actually a weapon against the enemy. This relationship right here is a weapon against the enemy. This relationship right here should go against what the world's doing right now. It should be screaming to the world. My relationship with my children should be shouting to the world. Right? How I respond, how I act, how I handle my business, how I handle my finances, my job, my my relationships, my stuff. Come on, somebody got to hear this, my stuff. Somebody in here, your stuff has got you. And you need to tell your stuff to get out the way. Because you don't belong to your stuff. You belong to God. Some of you live for your stuff, you serve your stuff. You serve your things instead of serving your God. That's what He's called us to do live as citizens. Stop acting like the rest of the world. You don't belong to that no more. That old man is dead. The new man has come. Right? Somebody needs to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that the old man's dead. Y'all better be thankful Jamie's dead. My wife will tell you. "Mm, It wasn't pretty. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I know that you are standing together in one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. Watch this. This will be a sign to them that they're going to be destroyed but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. What's the sign? The sign to them is when you're not intimidated by the enemy. See, the thing people didn't like about Paul is Paul never quit. Paul never ducked his head. He never never ran and hid. Are you with me? Paul didn't give up. When adversity came against him, he just kept on going. It was a testimony to the people that were trying to afflict him that you're going to be condemned and I'm going to be saved by God. And then they put the ball in their court and they had to either go, okay, well, I want to be saved or I want to be condemned. Right? But there's people in your life right now that are trying to make a decision whether or not to follow Jesus. But you keep jumping across the fence, not sure where you're supposed to stand. And they can't make a decision because you don't even know where you belong. You see, there's people in your world that are waiting for you to make a decision. Waiting for you to make a commitment. Waiting for you to make a covenant with God that says, you know what, God, I'm going to serve you at all costs. Everything that I have is yours. You just, you just grab all your stuff and you just say, Lord, my marriage is yours. My children are yours. My stuff, Lord, even my Ford, Lord, is yours. <laughs> right? And we just put everything in his hands and we go, Lord, now, now use me. Amen. The people in your life are waiting for you to choose what side of the fence you're going to live on. Because when you choose... Then they're going to choose. They're going to choose. But they're waiting on you. This will be a sign to them that they're going to be destroyed. But that you are going to be saved even by God himself. Well, this is good. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ. You see, that's a privilege. That's not a right. It's a privilege. And when you know that it's a privilege, you live different. You have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering with him. You see, there's a ministry called suffering. (laughs) We all want the glory of Jesus. We all want the good things of Jesus, but nobody wants to sign up for the suffering ministry with Jesus. Right? But the Bible says that if you're with Jesus, you're going to go through both of them. In fact, He even makes a promise that if you'll, if you'll be faithful to suffer with Him, you'll also be faithful to share in His glory. You know what that means? That means He's going to start shining a light on you when you suffer, when you go through things, when you stop running from trials and tribulations and you start facing them. Amen? Verse 30, He says, For He says, We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. Paul realized that his strength was found in his weakness. That when he was weak, Jesus was strong in his life. But you see, the truth is, just like Monday night when I shared with my wife what I was going through, I exposed my weakness to her. And I'll just be honest with you, that's the last thing I wanted to do, was to tell my wife that I'm weak in some area. The last thing I want to do to you is expose my weakness to you. Why? Because I'm trying to keep up this facade. It's a lot to keep up. Right? But I want you to think that, oh, Pastor Jamie's strong. But let me share with you this morning, Pastor Jamie's weak. Pastor Jamie has failures. Pastor Jamie has plenty of weaknesses. But in my weakness, in that moment when I say, Jesus, I can't do this. It's kind of like Jesus take the wheel in that moment where you go, Jesus, take the wheel. however have a corny that sounds <laughs> in that moment is when his strength is found in your life. Amen. It's in that moment. It's not in that moment where you keep saying, God, I got this. I got this. I'm OK. I'll let you know if I need some help. But Paul said he was weak. Our strength comes through weakness. You remember when Paul asked for God to take the thorn from him? Paul had a thorn in the flesh, not an actual thorn, but he had, there was something in his life that was like a thorn in his flesh. And he asked God to take it away from him. (laughs) And God responds by saying, no. But I thought he was a good God. He is a good God. By him saying no meant that Paul now had to live off of God's grace because God said, my grace is sufficient enough for what you're going through. So speaking to your situation today and your circumstance, wherever you find yourself, his grace is sufficient enough for you. It's sufficient enough for anything that you walk through. Amen. Amen. Stop spending your time asking him to take the thorn out. I want to end with this verse in second Corinthians chapter four, verse 17 He says this. He says, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long yet. They produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at troubles. We can now see rather we fix our gaze on things. We cannot see for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. The Bible says to keep your eyes upon heaven, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of the father. Why did he say that? Because it's it's like when Peter was trying to walk on water or when he actually walked on water when his eyes were on Jesus directly, Peter walked on water, miracle. No other man has ever been known to walk on water, Except Peter and Jesus. But as long as his eyes were on Jesus, he walked. When the adversity in life came up and the waves started to hit him at his ankles, he let his attention go somewhere else. He took his eyes and he went here. And what happened to him? He sank. That's the message I just preached to you today. The Bible says to keep your eyes on heaven where, where Christ is. It's the same thing he was telling Peter. He said, keep your eyes on me, Peter. And when you keep your eyes on me, the miraculous is going to happen in your life. The supernatural is going to happen in your life. Miracles are going to follow you every day. Just keep your eyes on me, son. But when you take them off, you begin to sink. Right? Can you stand up with me this morning? I just want to pray for you and, I'll let you go, and <clears throat> not to make me feel good, but how many of you said just say, I, I need to hear that? I, I needed to hear that, me personally, because why? Because we forget. It's so easy to forget. It's so easy to get distracted. so easy to lose our purpose but that's why we need other people. You need some people like I said last week who are the people that know you and can know you In other words, who are the people that know about you but can tell you no We need those people. Amen. Why do we need those people so that they can remind us of where our eyes are supposed to be? I need somebody to come up to me every now and then and say, bro, you need to get back on course. And you're slipping. Pick your chin up. Come on, man of God. Amen. Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you that it's stronger, sharper, and more powerful than a double-edged sword to pierce even the hardest heart, Lord. So I thank you that the hardest heart in this building was pierced this morning. Lord, I thank you for giving us Jesus' life to to read and study and to follow and to use his examples and then also even giving us Peter and, and even Paul, Lord. Lord, I pray for everyone in here this morning that we'll, we'll decide what side of the fence we want to live on so that, Father, the other people around us can make a decision. And, Lord, like Mother Teresa, she just decided to go out and help some poor people one day. And before you knew it, she was helping poor people, and a million people were following after her. I pray that as we choose what side of the fence to live on, Lord, people are just going to follow after us. But Lord, it's hard to follow somebody that's not going anywhere. It's hard to follow somebody that loses their purpose. That we lose our joy and we lose our meaning. Lord, help us to stay the course. Help us to finish the race that you've called us to run, Lord. Not our own races, Lord. We don't want to run our own races, Father. We want to run your race.